You're listening to Behind the Ops, presented by Tulip. Natan, how many times have you been to Hanover Messe? I don't actually remember, but I started coming here in the early 2000s. Probably it's like 2004 and 5 stars with shows like CBIT. Okay. That's kind of like the CS for Europe. Okay. Which evolved. So Hanover has been, I'd say, every other year over the past 20 years or so, with the exception of COVID in the middle, somewhere there. So this is, for everyone, the first non-weird rush Hanover Messe since COVID. Yeah. I mean, it happened last year, but, you know, last year I spent Hanover Messe locked up in a room in Hanover (laughs) because I had COVID. (laughs) Lockdown not done. It was very depressing. And I did most of my meetings remote. And uh, yeah, what did you think? Well, I've produced a few Hanover messes. And I've been to the fairgrounds for Emo, uh, but not since 2019. So this is the first in-person messe that I've been at. And I have like a mix of thoughts, a mix of takes. Yeah, but it definitely feels like a real messe again. It feels alive. Yeah, it definitely feels alive. There's a lot of excited people and yeah. really interesting things happening. They're just a little distributed, I'd say, across the fair totally. so far. Also, no masks. No masks and weirdly no mentions of chat GPT. Is that the best place to oh, start? And, oh, it's a weird thing where the entire technology world is talking about it, including our industry. Yes. People have opinions on chat GPT. Yes, no, maybe, when now later but then you actually see what people are doing and it's kind of not here no it's not only that there isn't a lot of mentions of chat gpt but it's also pretty light on ai which over the last couple of years has felt like a major buzzword across manufacturing well it's like more it's more specific because i think we're just seeing maturity if we're like you know less ranty on everything chat gpt mm-hmm. because it's a testament to our industry being excited about it but at the same time kind of like not the fastest moving industry yeah i'd say we're early for we're, sure we're early so yeah I, I agree so we're early and all those terms like ai or machine learning and this and that there just became pretty well understood applications that work for example if you have contextualized data you can do predictive maintenance and there's a bunch of solutions that will do that for you so you don't need to say machine learning and ai yeah. you just say predictive maintenance yeah, solution nobody first. cares yeah. nobody cares that it's ai or if it's a you know a bunny doing that it just works and you know the other thing is did you notice like that there's a lot less industrial iot xyz and digital twin abc I cannot recall a single booth that I passed by today that said anything about IoT or IIoT, which is a shock. (laughs) Right, because it used to be that you would walk Hanover Mesa floor and every booth would have that somewhere. And I think that's another one that people are like, yeah, we don't need to call it that because you just connect things. Yeah, connected and data is everywhere. Flows. Everything's connected. Everything's connected. It's like done. Yeah, we're but done. Nothing's IIoT. It's all just connected. Yeah, because you don't need to. Again, it's the same phenomena. <laughs> you don't need to tag it with a special thing if it just works. Yeah. So, which is exciting because, like, you see good maturity on the things we care about. Open protocols, tons of MQTT offering all over the place. Awesome. Good conversations around protocols, 
connectivity. And I'd also say partnership. So when people say connected, they not only mean like connect a thing or system to system, but they mean system to system in joint solutions with separate companies providing additional value to customers, which feels very basic, but is novel for some of these vendors, especially the big legacy vendors that are all about partnership this year. Absolutely. The thing you see, you know, and what we love to call the new factory stack for operations for manufacturing, you just see it implemented. And it's encouraging to see it not just from the usual suspects like, you know, companies the size of SAP or AWS, Microsoft, where we have our offering. And you just see it even with like smaller companies that bring their partners, which is nice. And I think it's just people are solving problem for customers and acknowledging that the day that like one vendor does it all, or just they're over too. So that's nice to see. Yeah. And uh, we see our friends. Yeah, yeah, we can give a shout out to a lot of our friends. Yeah. Uh, some of them in the AWS pavilion with us, like uh, Highbyte. Yeah, uh, Highbyte is doing awesome work. Some well-known friends that we exhibited with last year, like Software Defined Automation and uh, Zero Key. Yep. And then some potential new friends that we're having great conversations with at yeah, the show. Yeah, we saw Litmus. They have a very fancy booth. Very impressive booth. Yeah, we are jealous. Really leaning into influencer marketing here in a way that's yeah. interesting and fun. So some yeah. cool marketing stuff there too. Yeah, kind of wondering about what's your take on it because it, they, it used to be that the software plays, they were kind of all over the place, but now they have this new digital hall thing what is that all about the digital halls are super interesting so it looks like just based on how full hall 16 is like the intention was to have three halls for digital Mm -hmm. and 16 didn't sell through and i see a ton of companies so i wonder if this like lean into partnership and co-exhibiting kind of scrunched the halls but leveled up the amount of companies and quality of any one exhibit yeah I think you're right. But the other thing it did, it just put it all together. So like when you're walking around, you're seeing a lot of things that do different things, but could connect together. So, you know, SDA can give you virtual PLCs and then like Litmus can grab the data from them. And then Tulip can give you, you know, the process around it. And it's kind of fun to see that stack becomes... It's like walking inside our deck. It's like a physical version of our deck. Yeah, it's this move away from like modules controlled by one vendor that has eaten a lot of companies to these independent best in breed solutions that a customer manufacturer can choose and build their own stack. And something that fits their actual need. Not solutions over feature set, I guess. Totally. And it's like a value shift, right? A value from how do I maximize and kind of lock in customers to companies thinking, how do we maximize value for the customer, even if they don't choose to do that section of offering with us? Yeah. And you know, very dear to my heart, we have a vision (laughs) solution. Yes. And we're practicing what we're preaching. Yes. So it was like fun to see customers coming to see Inspecto today. Yep. At the M-Tech. Yep. The mobile tech which is an awesome van with a lot of tulip demos inside that was parked here today. Yep, you can see your visual inspection tools on the go with yep. our Hungarian van. But yeah, like you said, we we have that vision solution and we're still showing like, well, this is what yep. vision could look like with another Well, offering. it's not only that, it's complementing our solution. And while 
some degree, you know, we're also doing quality inspections and all that kind of stuff, but the world of what customers need is so wide and yep. so different and it's just you can't solve everything. And that's where ecosystems will win time and again. I want to talk a little bit about demos, though, demos. since you had brought up uh, oh the God. integrated demo. Oh my God. I feel like the demos are missing a little bit at um, oh, SA. Yeah. Like, where are some of these demos? So, Can't even see a screenshot so, of a product so, in some yeah, of these Yeah, so it's like, if you're a big company, like, there's the required robot doing like some interesting thing with a conveyor belt. So, yes, okay. robots are here, Check. for sure. Check. And then there is like some... Vision at the edge is here, okay? We saw a lot of vision demos, a camera doing this, did that. Okay, they're getting smart, connected. Okay, that's, okay. that's also done. But man, like how many flat screens with like PowerPoint can we survive? That's the real question today. Yeah, there's like so many digital vendors and I, I want them to do better so that people respect digital demos more yeah. because walking through a hall that's like beautiful, great cardboard setup with, meeting calls and no view of the product is just yeah. not why someone would come to a physical show. That's true. And I think that it's also what customers want because operations yeah. people are show me how it works, not don't don't tell me stories yeah. type of people. I don't know. That's maybe something we'll we'll look for tomorrow. And yeah. We'll find more. I think uh, more demos. We'll, we'll send some people some uh, MIT Media Lab esque words of yeah. encouragement where it's like demo, demo or, or die. die. <laughs> and you know, we changed it to deploy or die. That's like the thing that happens after your demo. So yeah, yeah, but hopefully we'll see more of those day two. Oh yeah, here we come day two. After you said that Germany does hot dogs and sausages <laughs> the best in the world. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. I made it a mission to go and have a hot dog stand hot dog for lunch the mm -hmm. other day. So setting the scene, hot dog, pickles, breadcrumbs, sauerkraut. Ketchup, no sauerkraut. Mm -hmm. um, and it was fine. Fine. But I will also say it was a fairground hot dog. So... <laughs> we'll see. But in Germany, <laughs> fairground hot dog but in Germany. Is it actually a fairground hot dog or a fairground sausage? No, this one was a hot dog. It it tasted like a Dodger dog. Because we need to get our baseline together. We got a lot of feedback on our benchmarks <laughs> that <laughs> we we are mixing up benchmark and baselines, and uh, you know we have to get it right. It's fair. It's fair feedback. Yes. Well, speaking of the fair. And fair foods. And fair feedback. <laughs> and fair themes. I wanted to see how you felt about a Hanover Messe history lesson in the context of the themes this year. As you know, I love history. <laughs> if we don't know our history, we can build uh, groundbreaking companies. So This is fair. And Messe has had a very interesting recent history. Mm -hmm. So 2015, theme is integrated industry, join the network. Um, what does this make you think of? What year was that? 2015. Wow. It makes me feel like Sun Microsystem in 2000 that said <laughs> the network is the computer. It does feel very like there's an internet. Yeah. Um, all about standards. Universal standards was still in discussion. Yeah. Machine to machine. M to M. M to M. That's like the great grandfather of IoT. And whether or not IT companies should participate in the fourth industrial revolution. I so. guess they did. <laughs> they, they decided yes. <laughs> that was the answer. The answer is we should. 2016, USA sponsored. So every year there's like a big country. Yeah. And Barack Obama and Angela Merkel opened the show. That's amazing. 
major year for Americans coming to Hanover Messe and Chinese. Uh, 25% of attendees were from the U.S. or China, which was big diversification. And that was all about industrial automation, R&D, and um, they started talking about environment a little bit. That was 2016? 2016, yeah. I kind of think that was like our first tulip Hanover Messe. Okay. And I think we were in the U.S. pavilion. Oh, Okay. That's a good entry point. It's a good year to start coming. Yeah. So you were you were part of that American contingent. Yeah, we got a booth we can afford. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> 2017, the theme was adding value with Industry 4.0 and having robots that are as simple to operate as smartphones, machines that are self-learning, and human-centric Industry 4.0, which I think is like really important. Yeah, none of that happened. <laughs> Not in 2017, at least. Well, I I feel like there's a little bit of a trend where the themes almost earlier, they seem kind of predictive of industry trends two years later. So let's see, moving up closer, if we feel like that's on the mark. I think in general, industrial operations technology, including automation, like that that has its own curve Mm -hmm. that comes from like what customers need, you know, they Mm -hmm. need more connectivity to different types of machines that are coming out with new protocols. And if you don't implement them, like just doesn't work. You can't ship your product. But software space is just so lagging what we're used to in you know day-to-day work. I don't think that's really changed that much, you know? Yeah, that um, people have innovated faster than the tools could. Yeah, because they had to. Yeah. On one hand, and, and I guess it's because like outside of industrial xyz there's just different forces that uh millions of developers just like push a million uh things to github and open source and like changes technology so fast i think that's a good consumer release cycles kind of speed of people understanding software yeah 2018 standards again industrial iot your favorite yeah and then it teams and automation teams becoming software experts so that's 2018 renaissance renaissance (laughs) new world right there Almost like the emergence of the PC, bringing software to the center, putting personal computer. That's that's like technology renaissance. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Yeah. And I think that was kind of the wave. So 2019 was making digital transformation tangible. So let's like th- theoretical to practical. Yep. And then um, more AI, like so that moving into the theoretical robotics and 5G. Yeah. We forgot the cloud, but I guess it's. We kind of talked about it, but the cloud is like, it's like a non-topic. I feel like it's like talking about last season's uh, trend or something like that. You know, it's like, what happens after fashion becomes like a necessary thing that you need to have? Uniform. It's uniform. Yeah. So you got to have it. It's like, you're not, is it cool? Do I try it? It's not for me. The cloud is just like, I don't know, khaki pants and polo shirts for our industry. Right, from J. Crew. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> or from Zara, because like, we're in Europe. That's true. And I, I don't know if we're feeling like industrial, a little like maybe it's Dickies and... Carhartt. Know, where, there you go. Do you have Carhartt hats? Big hit. Big hit. Yeah, we love our Carhartt hats. <laughs> 2020, 2021, nothing. It was COVID. COVID. We were home. COVID pauses everything. 2022 sustainability and circular economy and 2023 before i tell you based on what we've seen at the show what do you think the major themes are pop quiz (laughs) 
Oh my god. So you know, I spend most of my time locked up in uh, meeting rooms. And I would turn that at you, but if I have to add one thing to the pile, it's uh, human-centric technology. Software and um, tools and the integration. Like You, you walk the, the floor and you see signs and signs. It's just they keep saying seamless integration, seamless integration. I think human-centric, that would be the one theme. You're right, like all over the floor, the like pioneers, the people getting involved in industry, yeah. especially younger people joining industry is... Yeah. Can't wait for student day. Yeah. That's the most fun day. Subtext all over. 10 years ago is when Messe introduced Industry 4.0 and started using that language. And this year they started talking about Industry 5.0 and how Industry 4.0 inspired young people to join manufacturing. And now right. they're like, well, what's next? And I think there would be some debate on if the next of Industry 5.0 is a lean into human-centric or a lean into AI, or maybe yeah. it's both. Well, before we go back to the rabbit hole of AI, <laughs> rabbit hole. let's stay kind of grounded for a second. Like you drive in to the fair every morning and there's like this ginormous sign on the building in the north entrance that says something like, for the creators, for the techies. And that's like messaging I've never seen in our space. That's like Maker Fair. That's mm -hmm. like hackers. So it's kind of fun to see it. It's like putting the people who do the work and those are the engineers front and center, sort of giving them the responsibility. It's not like your head of engineering operations, CIO comes around and says right. like, that's what we're going to implement, this, this and that and solve our problems. Like you just see people going around trying to solve problems and they kind of pick what works. Less inspiring messaging maybe like for the decision makers and the C-suite. Yeah, for the decision makers. And the executives. Know, know your analytics. Walk the floor. Yeah. I love what you're saying there and I think the best example um, that we got to see was uh, Luis who is a tulip champion but also like just generally very cool engineer at Lairdall. Yeah. Uh, presenting at AWS, yep. how he built, I think it was 60 different vision and kidding use cases across yep. three facilities, managing a team of 10 people now. Yeah. Like learning vision systems, even no code vision systems, and then how to orchestrate across an organization that provides value. We should be celebrating the people who are doing that. And I think that connection to like, this is why people are joining industry was very smart of the MSA team. Yeah. And I think there's lots of Lewises out there, mm -hmm. you know, and they are kind of solving their own problems and getting their own information. And I think they're putting pressure on vendors of all sorts of walks of life to open up. And yep. we kind of touched on the ecosystem, you know, so it's it's so powerful when it kind of emerges and it's like the genie's out of the bottle. Yeah. What are you going to do? Like, uh, oh, by the way, we're, go we're going to go back to the old ways. And I like this idea of ecosystem as a connection to manufacturing, finally getting best of breed stacks. Yeah. Like no more walled garden. On the AWS booth, uh, we were just staring at this. And so, so there's like all these cool booths and demos and whatnot and robots and race cars that talk MQTT, <laughs> all the things. We broke them. So, so it's great. <laughs> but like you see this horde of people staring at like pretty, I don't know, generic slide. 
Also, Ward is not an exaggeration, right? We could not get a photo of this because there were so many people. We'll we'll try and get it and and show what that means. But when you think about it, it's like you're staring at the wall. There's like a nice printout, very beautiful slide. It's all icons and lines and things like that. And it's a reference architecture. You're like, wow. Only took us 20 years to get reference architectures like we had in the internet to operations and... And on a wall, right? Wall. It's not even like people are, oh, here's yeah. some slideware, but it's like, this is up for print for people to contextualize. Consume. And the other thing I thought was interesting about the reference architecture is that there were a bunch of them across yep, the facility ones. and vendors fit in different places based off the use case and company yep. type, which is exactly what you want to see when you're thinking about stacks and yep. functionality. Yeah, and we would tell anybody who would listen to us that uh, <laughs> the factory stack is changing. And then you see this stuff and they're not even like the big infrastructure players like AWS and Microsoft and Google. They're, they're like, an, it seems like in a mindset that they're not even trying to push their stuff. They're trying to tell customers, hey, choose what's good for you. Yes, customer and, first. And, and then procurement patterns and the, and the architecture patterns that come classic from IT. They just emerge in operations and that's nice. No longer like get this big box piece of software and that will solve all your problems. And I think it'll make everything higher quality because there's better competition and, and collaboration. And faster. Yeah. And to a degree like more experimental. So I can tell you an anecdote like that's actually from the floor. Mm-hmm. So um, this year I saw for the first time Snowflake mm-hmm. at Hanover Messe. Mm-hmm. What are they doing there? I don't know, but their little teddy bear things that they had obsessed. Yeah. So I was like, well, what's going on? And of course, there's like the generic stuff that they're talking about, you know, ETLs and mm-hmm. data warehouses and mm-hmm. all the great stuff that they do. And obviously, they're very good at that. It's great. Then, uh, of course, there's a robot and some stuff mm-hmm. and charts. And I was like, what? what are you doing? And there are these people from um, DXC. So that's the system integrator, mm-hmm. XHP. Okay. And they're there in the booth. So you kind of see it in action that they know operations. Mm-hmm. Snowflake's built streaming HTTP interfaces like they do in the internet because they need to move a lot of data anyway. Yep. And MQT becomes mature. And now you can stream all your data directly to Snowflake. Mm-hmm. What does that do to the historian space? Mm-hmm. You know how I love buzzwords. Yeah. You know what I love more than buzzwords? Corporate speak. Yes. That's, that's even better. <laughs> There's nothing better than corporate speak. That's convergence. It's convergence. It's convergence. I was I like, found wow. some synergy there. There's some synergy there. <laughs> I'm like, if this is what's happening to Mesa, the future is bright. I think that's a great note for us to end on in this hotel lobby on site at Hanover Mesa 2023. Yeah. All right. All right. Behind the Ops is brought to you by Tulip. Connect the people, machines, devices, and systems used in your production and logistics processes with our frontline operations platform. Visit tulip.co to learn more. This show is produced by Gabby Ellenbeck and edited by Tom Obarski. If you enjoyed listening, support the show by leaving us a quick rating or review. It really helps. If you have feedback for this or any of our other episodes, you can reach us at behindtheops at tulip.co.